Yes, our guilt and our sin is great. It's brought on us. We deserve the pain, the loss, the hardship, death, and punishment from our God because great is his holy wrath against sin. But that's not why we praise him here. We praise him because great is his love toward us. And that praise is because we know that love is good. We see how that love was fulfilled as he kept his word. This message is from Rock of Ages Lutheran Church in Payson, Arizona. Ancient faith for today's world. Christmas Eve, 2022. Psalm 117. You know, I, I can't claim to be much of a soccer fan, but it is exciting when you see something happening which the whole world really gets involved in, behind, and excited about. The World Cup only happens every four years, but nearly every nation in the world competes to try to qualify for the event. And even as people try to qualify for the event, we probably don't realize here in the United States that soccer is actually the most popular sport in the world by far. So the world not only competes to qualify for it, but the whole world is really watching and excited for the World Cup. And even if you're not into sports or into soccer, you have to admit, you, you probably knew the World Cup was going on or at least caught a glance or a glimpse of what was on the head page of the newspapers. And yet, not every nation qualifies and there are some who just simply don't pay attention because to them, it doesn't make any difference whether the whole world is watching or not. They don't feel that the World Cup has any impact or difference for their life, so they don't get excited about it. Maybe there are some who feel this way about Christmas. It is an event which ought to impact and get the whole world excited about what we celebrate. But there are simply some nations where the Christian numbers are few and it's just not a big part of their traditions. Or maybe there's a family that you might know that just doesn't really have a background celebrating much about Christmas, except maybe for celebrating the cookies and the cake and the commercial side of it. Maybe you, maybe after year after year, start to think that maybe there isn't anything new to get excited about this time as we once again, year after year, celebrate Christmas. But today, this Christmas Eve, we are going to look into the word of our God. We're going to look at a chapter of the Bible that makes clear to us why we celebrate and the whole world should be excited about celebrating and always excited every year about celebrating what we do at Christmas. And don't worry, it's not going to take long. It's, it's actually one of the shortest chapters in the Bible, the shortest, in fact, and it's the shortest psalm, Psalm 117. And as we look at this shortest chapter of the Bible, we'll see some of the, the basic truths, the, the beating heart of Scripture is found in this short psalm. The psalm begins with, Praise the Lord. And it explains that although the Lord came for the nation of Israel and his word was centered on the nation of Israel and the message came out through them. The psalm actually helps us see that God always intended it, be, intended it to go beyond, far beyond the nation of Israel. 
Someone might say, well, the message of Christmas really is centered on that small land far away a long time ago. But this psalm reminds us, praise the Lord, all you nations, extol him, all you peoples. Yes, God came to that small nation, the people of Israel, the people who came from the man Abraham. But that nation always had a message which was inviting, commanding, calling for the whole world to sing praise to the Lord. That's the message found throughout Scripture. After all, the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, were not Israelites. We all are children of Adam and Eve. And the Lord who created all and who made all things calls for us to praise him. Yes, the, the message was given to Abraham, who from him would come the nation of Israel. But the promise was also given to Abraham that through Abraham's offspring, all nations would be blessed. And yes, the, the king of Israel, David, was calling for the people to praise the Lord. But King David had a promise that one would sit on his throne who would rule over all nations. And so all this world, whether they're interested, excited or not, have this call to, this invitation to praise the Lord. He is your God. You are called to praise the Lord. Well, who is the Lord? This title, sometimes abbreviated Yah, maybe spelled sometimes Yahweh, if you try to write it out, even others will pronounce it Jehovah, is the name that God gave himself, the Lord. And the Lord first revealed himself to the people of Israel with that name, the Lord, as the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And yet the Lord makes clear that there is no other. There is no other God of any other nation. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob is the only God, so all are called to praise his name. The name Lord comes to us through the Greek translation of the Old Testament Bible. Jesus and his apostles used the title, which we translate in English as Lord. And so this call to praise this title, this name, the Lord, is to praise the God who is the only God of this world. All you peoples, all you nations, praise the Lord. Why do we praise him? Well, that comes in the next part of the psalm. And this next part of the psalm, I'll, I'll let you know, is, is actually the middle of the psalm. And it's not only the middle of this short psalm, it just so happens, by coincidence, that this psalm happens to be the middle chapter of the entire Bible as we have it. And your Bible, the very middle chapter in the very middle section contains, very fittingly, these words. For great is his love toward us. The reason that we praise our God is the greatness of his love. The Hebrew word here, chesed, could be translated love and mercy. One translation actually puts it, his mercy overwhelms us. This is the reason why we praise our God. You see, to praise means to boast about, to speak about the goodness, the good works, the good deeds of someone. Just as a, a soccer fan would praise a, a player who is a star player on the field because of the, the great way they play the game, we are called to praise God, to boast about the goodness and the working of our God. And the praise that is due him is because 
His love for us. And when the invitation goes out to all the world to praise him, it's a love for all the world, for us. Praise the Lord, because great is his love toward us, his mercy toward us. You know, when you look at this world, when you look at your own heart, you have to admit, there are times when we don't feel like praising God. Maybe the people of this world won't feel like singing praise to God or proclaiming his goodness when they face the pains, the hardship of life, when they face the loss that comes with death, when they face an illness or when their guilt piles up. This world does not want to praise God. Instead, what we ought to be saying and what we ought to find in the psalm is great is his wrath toward us. Great is the punishment upon us, the weight on our shoulders. Great is the Lord's afflicting of this world because of the sin and rebellion against its God. Because really, we must confess, great is our guilt. Great is our sin against the Lord, the whole world, and us. But instead, That's not what the psalm says. Yes, our guilt and our sin is great. It's brought on us. We deserve the pain, the loss, the hardship, death, and punishment from our God because great is his holy wrath against sin. But that's not why we praise him here. We praise him because great is his love toward us. And that praise is because we know that love is good. We see how that love was fulfilled as he kept his word. The next phrase says, the faithfulness of the Lord, or truth of the Lord, endures forever. God in complete love, mercy, and faithfulness kept his promise. Our Lord loved this world so much that in faithfulness he promised to bring us rescue. Once the prophet Isaiah had the Lord speaking to us and he said, it's too small a thing for my servant, my son, to save the people of Israel. No, his salvation will reach to the ends of the earth, that he might bring us his great love and mercy. In faithfulness, God the Father, our Lord, sent his son. And God the Son, in perfect love and faithfulness, came to this world so that the angels could cry out to those who would listen, the shepherds, Glory to God as they sung the praise of the greatness of God. Love for his people. Salvation. That's not just something to get excited about when Christmas comes around or just year after year or only once. That's something all this world, which faces pain, loss, and death and guilt, can praise our God for his great love. He sent his son who was born into this world in human flesh. And in perfect faithfulness, the Son of God came to carry out what was promised, to bring us deliverance from our sins. Our sin is great, but God's mercy and love is greater. The Son of God came to bear our sin for us, and we see the greatness of his love as he takes that price and that pain, that curse on himself, and sets us free. And in perfect faithfulness, we know we can praise the Lord forever because his faithfulness endures forever. 
the son who died for us, rose again. The Lord, in great love, now lives forever, and his faithfulness to his promises for us endure and will last forever. For all who trust in the Son, they can say, Praise to the Lord Jesus. Praise the Lord because his love, praise the Lord that goes on forever, his love endures. We will forever sing his praise because the same Jesus who came in lowliness now rules and lives and endures forever, sits on his throne, the the throne that would rule over all nations. And you and I will join with the angels, join with all this world in praising him. But you know what? This call to praise the Lord can't be done unless people hear about the goodness of God, unless they hear about his great love, unless they hear about his faithfulness. That's why the message that the angels shouted at his birth was carried on first by those shepherds. And that's why the message to praise the Lord is carried on as we boast of his goodness, as we tell others his love toward us is great. As you praise your God, as you shout the praise, share the praises of your Lord, more and more of this world, all nations and all people will come to hear it. That praise will come to the one who feels loss because of death. The praise will come to the one who's feeling the guilt and weight of their own sin as they hear the greatness of his love found in his son. That praise will come to the one who does not know their God but finds it as they hear it through you, their neighbor, their friend. And the reason that you are excited about this worldwide event, the great worldwide event, call to praise of our great loving God, our faithful God, who sent his Son. I invite you to praise God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. There's one more thing I want to share about this unique psalm, this shortest chapter of the Bible. I mentioned how this psalm is the the center of your Bible, but really, That's just a a coincidence. We know that the chapter numbers were not inspired like the words, but still, it's pretty fitting because it all centers on the Lord Jesus, his love. Jesus is the center of scripture. But also found in this psalm, you might have noticed, if you look at it, the title Yah or Yahweh, Lord, comes up three times. God the Father. God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Praise God the Father, our Lord, who sent his Son and planned our salvation. Praise the Lord Jesus, God the Son, who came to show that great love and win that love and in faithfulness fulfilled that plan. Praise the Spirit, the Lord, who gives us that call to praise and gives us that holy word. We will join as we listen to, once again, the words of this psalm, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, all you nations. Extol him, all you peoples, for great is his love toward us. The faithfulness of the Lord endures forever. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.